Hello, friends. Josh Bowe and Kirk Henderson coming to you after the first uh, regular season game for the Dallas Mavericks of the 2020-21 season. They have just fallen to the Phoenix Suns 106 to 102. Josh, what's going on? Hey, I'm doing okay, uh, even despite the uh, crappy way to start the season for the Mavericks. But Kirk, I have a question for you. Uh, per some of the DMs I have gotten, some from concerned friends, are you okay? I mean, I'm irritated <laughs> because I hate late games. I, I know. hate, hate, hate late games. And I hate late games that are telegraphed losses when you watch what happens in the first quarter because they come out slow. Luca looks like crap. Dwight Powell looks like he's not an NBA player. And everybody else looks half asleep. The, the, the Suns were giving that game to Dallas. And Dallas just wouldn't take it. And I'm not sure what to do with that. It's it's obviously early. I I, I don't want to overreact to big picture things, but I'm going to overreact to some of the little stupid crap that the Mavericks keep doing. I, I, I just, I don't know. I'm really frustrated. Like, you look <laughs> at this box score, and, and Lucas started 0 for 6 because he didn't look engaged. And he, he, he you know, he finished with a 32, 8, and 5 stat line. Why only five assists? Because Mavericks can't hit shots when he passes them the ball. Why, uh, you know, 32 points when he probably could have had more? Because he settled for six god-awful three-pointers, none of which went down. I mean, there's just, there's a ton we could talk about with this game, <laughs> and I'm really not sure where to start. Where do you think we should start? Uh, I guess let's start at the end, and we can work our way back maybe, because for a second there, I thought the Mavericks were going to steal this game. Uh, in ways that they are sometimes want to do. Uh, and I think for me, you know, I'm not as mad or uh, mad about the game, I think, as you are. But the one thing I am mad about, so I want to start there before we before we move on, before I kind of lose my train of thought, is what – Kirk, answer me this question. The two most important defensive possessions of the game uh, down the stretch in the final minute and the final seconds – Devin Booker of the Suns ends up with the ball in his hands for two crucial possessions to close out the game. How in the world on those two possessions do you not have one of Dorian Finney-Smith or Josh Richardson, who are both on the floor for both of those possessions, guarding Booker? Uh, that I mean, you know that blew my that. mind. You know the answer to that because Mavericks run a switch heavy scheme. They anticipate Booker getting a screen or Booker getting a screen. So they put Tim on him to start the freaking possession. And he looks at Tim Hardaway and is like, oh, I don't need a screen because this guy's a saloon door. I'm going to do what I want. And that's what happened. That's well, he did happened. get the screen because he, he, Maxi switched on to him. For, it was Maxi switched on to him for one. And then he, the other one was Brunson, and that one didn't. And Brunson switched on to him for another one. I think and Brunson, Brunson battled his butt off in that. Yeah, but he's small. He, yeah, he's five. You know, he's five foot nine or whatever, however tall Brunson is. It's just not much you can do there. And yeah, I don't understand it. And I don't Smith, yeah, Finney Smith was on Mikhail Bridges, and it's like, guys, that's a spot. Like that's a spot up guy. Like why? Like the whole game, I think the Mavericks had a really interesting idea of putting uh, Richardson on Booker and Finney Smith on Chris Paul, which I think was a novel idea. Cause in your head, you think, Oh, Finney Smith on Booker cause Finney Smith's bigger and Richardson on Paul. Cause Richardson is probably a little quicker and more apt to guard point guards, but it made sense because uh, Booker has kind of cooked Finney Smith in the past because yeah. Finney Smith's a little, he struggles in one-on-one -on -one, uh, with one-on-one -on -one physical scores, which Booker can be physical. 
uh, with the ball in his hands. And uh, so you have Richardson there. And then Paul, you know, Paul's an older guy. So I don't think you're as concerned about Paul beating Finney Smith off the dribble. And you can have Richard uh, Finney Smith's kind of long arms to kind of hamper Paul's ability to maybe pass out of some double teams or, you know, pass out of the pick and roll a little bit. And I thought that kind of worked. Like, I don't think those guys had great, like Paul didn't have a good game and Booker did not have, you know, Booker was okay, uh, but Booker he didn't. weird. Booker had yeah. eight turnovers. Yeah. And but so why did they go away from that in those two final possessions? Why are you putting Finney Smith on Mikhail Bridges? Unless they anticipated, I wonder if they just outplayed, outsmarted themselves. I think and it thought, has to be that. Like, they thought like, Bridges it, were going to set a screen and they would switch. It has Bridges to be didn't. that. Yeah. It, at a certain point, maybe maybe you or or Ryan or someone on our staff is going to have to join these like post game zooms and and you know dare ask these questions that will get us executed because I just don't understand it. Like these are these are not good choices. I, I, I say this phrase all the dang time because I have a four year old. Make good choices, and the Mavericks in the clutch time, regardless of the year going back a decade, do not make good cl- clutch time choices. And that is a coaching decision. And I'm really not sure how these sorts of things happen. It's, it's very, very frustrating to lose a game like that because I would have much rather them. So they started off the fourth, you know, we're just going to work our way backwards. They started off the fourth with, with Jalen Brunson passing to someone's back after way too much dribbling in the lane and then fouling a three point shooter. So it looked like the, the Mavericks were about to get put away. And then Brunson recovered from a horrible game. And, you know, you're probably going to look at the box score and see the, oh, he had 12 points, four assists. He, he played fine. No, he did not play fine. He played good for about eight minutes, and he played spectacular for those eight minutes and really redeemed a really piss-poor game. Um, and the Mavericks were all of a sudden back in it. And they, they tied the game, and I think they took – they took a lead at some point um, in the fourth quarter, I think. Let me check the box store here. They I know were for tied. sure they, they were tied at 100. 100. Yeah, they never actually led. Dunk. No, you're yeah. right. You're right. They never actually led. And then they, you know, they, they, then this is 144 uh, left in the game. And then the, the Mavericks just, just lost, lost the thread. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's just, it's frustrating. I, I, <sighs> The clutch yeah. time offense, I think, was actually pretty okay. It wasn't yeah. ideal, but Luca was driving with the exception of one really poor three-point shot, which I'm sure he's going to talk about right now and talk about how, you know, I shouldn't have shot that. Should have kept driving the lane. Well, he's going to do the same thing because he just he just can't help himself. Um, so I, I should probably get over it. But it's it's really, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I don't know what to do with this game just because it's it's like they, they bring in all these guys and they look like the exact same Mavs. And, you know, with the exception of two games against the Clippers, we've watched them play like crap going back to March. <laughs> yeah, that's kind Is of that an exaggeration. Like they, they won that game in March. They look terrible in the eight regular season games uh, with the you know, Milwaukee. They won and then they won another one and then they were they were two and six, I think. And then they won two games against the Clippers. One was outstanding. And they've just looked like not great for a while. And maybe that's probably my problem is like a whole bunch of recency bias as opposed to looking at the whole. That that just has to be it. Because, I mean, gosh, these are a good team. I was so excited. And now I'm just like, ugh. Yeah. And, uh, I, there, I mean, there were some good things. I mean, like you said, the clutch offense, I think, was actually 
way better. And it's just a shame because you talked about that Luca three. I'm pretty sure that's the last uh, shot. Was that the last shot in the clutch he attempted? Or I, I can't remember. Oh, but he made the, a dunk after that because uh, he right. yeah, really right. blitzed the, the roll mix and he dunked the ball for one of the six dunks he's probably going to have this year. Yeah, I, but I think that like when he missed that shot, I, that one felt like, all right, game over. Because I think they were down three with under a minute left. And They're down he five. Didn't... He dunked and then uh, Booker hit one yeah. or two on free throws and then they just didn't. Yeah, that it, 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 it was just a shame because, like you said, he drove the ball pretty pretty well in the fourth. I think I mean that's how he got all his points in the second half. Because uh, I mean, obviously, he didn't he didn't make any three pointers. So the fact that after all of that, and then the game is hanging in the balance, and that and he shoots that three, that was just you know, it kind of taints the whole clutch situation. Despite the fact that they did those good things, um, yeah. Other, you know, other good thing. I don't know. It's kind of tough. Besides Brunson waking up, uh, I think it was, I don't know. It Dorian Finney-Smith not making threes. Hardaway Jr. three of eight. Richardson two of seven. Maxi two of seven. Like they had a terrible shooting night, and I thought they got decent looks. Yeah. Um. So that's that's tough, especially you know how well they shot the ball in the in the preseason. And I think Maxi started off two for two or like two for four or something, and then he kind of went cold in the second half. Yep. Um. So yeah, that that was just t- it was good to see Brunson just recover because I mean you're, you're right. I mean I know you go you go ape shit over Brunson, but you were pretty justified about it tonight. I mean he was just he was terrible in the first three quarters. So he I'm glad he dribbled. It was, yeah. there was way, and this is not a Brunson specific problem. There was a ton of Mavericks dribbling to nowhere. And it was really indicative of the way their offense looked with the exception of Luca drives. And I'm not sure, like, I, I do think that's a fixable thing, but when I watch Burke and Brunson playing against bigger defenders, they just look like a pair of guys trying to do too much. Um, you know, the, the, the really, the only other bright spot in the entire lineup is somebody that I don't know how to, how to really quantify is Willie Colley Stein's, you know, plus 14 in six minutes. I mean, he only had two points and two rebounds, but he, he gave the Mavericks a look that, you know, he was a big body on defense and he's, you know, he tried to, he had some interesting rebounds on offense. Um, I don't care what anybody says. That guy had no idea what was going on. And that <laughs> seemed to that seemed to almost like confuse Phoenix more than anything else. Because that guy, he 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 set screens for Luca and they're actually pretty good screens, which is not something I think he's he's very good at classically. And he and he he uh flared like he's Porzingis every time. He didn't roll once. And yeah. like Phoenix had no idea what to do with that. And then Luke was like looking around for him. And then he realizes he should cut to the goal. And then that caused even more chaos. And like there's you know, there's something to that. You as a big man and me as a as a big man a million years ago, no, like rolling is a skill. It is hard to do well. Like I, I don't think enough people really, really understand that. But it was interesting, like watching him. I they have to at this point. I have seen enough through four preseason games that I he has to find a little more time somewhere. Uh, yeah, I mean, man, if there's one if there's one stat, Kirk, that I need to point out that really emphasizes his point. So, Collie Stein played six minutes and got two rebounds. Powell and Kleba combined for what? Oh man, I can't do the math really fast in my head. Uh, they combined for over forty minutes and they grabbed five yeah. rebounds. 
Yep. Uh, and that, I mean, that's that kind of says it all. And I know when Powell's playing in the starting lineup, some of the rebound, you know, Luca kind of bogarts some of the rebounds, but uh, Kleba getting three and twenty-seven is not good um, either. So I mean, that just kind of speaks to it. He's just more of a traditionally big, you know, presence. And even with all of his brain farts, he's just a bigger and longer player than Pal and Kleba. And sometimes, man, I mean, sometimes that matters. Just being a larger dude. Yeah. And being in the way, even when you're not, even when you're not, you yeah. know what you're supposed to be. And yeah. also, like the funniest thing ever, going off your point about like his chaos, uh, his dunk that he got to tie the game came after he was guarding Chris Ball in the corner. And he just Paul has the ball in the corner, and he just turns around and stops guarding him, like thinking someone's going to switch, but there was no one coming toward Paul, and he literally. Yeah turns around and turns his back to Paul. Paul's like, okay, and shoots a corner three. Luckily he missed it. And since it was a corner three, uh, you know, the day, you know, when there's a corner three miss, that's basically an instant fast break. And then he, and then he gets the dunk. It's, it was hilarious. It was really something else. And, and (laughs) I, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe that's something we look at just because it's really funny. It'll be, it'll be the talk of the town in Mavs land for the next few days because it's like, ah, six minutes. Look at this. Look at the plus 14 because, you know, we got, we got another guy that, that we, that we chat with regularly who's, you know, been telling me that like Maxi's negative 18 was not really indicative of, of his game. And I agree with that. Uh, Just like, you know, Willie Collie Stein's plus 14 is not really indicative of what happened there. But at a certain point, you kind of got to look at these things because Powell is, Powell's main purpose tonight was to get hit in the face. He got hit in the face <laughs> twice, and he drew a couple of fouls because um, DeAndre Ayton, who is on the precipice, I mean, that dude is is a man. I, I don't know how to describe him. There, there were three instances where he should have destroyed the Mavericks in the post and did nothing. He got a, in the first half, he got a, a, a uh, ISO post up at about 10 feet on Powell and did a face up jumper when all he needed to do was take like one power dribble. He would have had to end one dunk in the second half to ice the game. He caught some like, like uh, catch in the middle of the paint, deep in the clock. And he shot a fadeaway over Willie instead of again, taking it to him. That guy has no idea how much, how much better he is than, you know, eighty percent of the big guys in the league. If he ever yeah. figures out, the Phoenix is going to be good. Yeah, he thinks he's a Kimolajuan with those little short ten foot turnarounds, doesn't he? Uh, it, he's just so powerful because he got uh, he got a couple of offensive rebounds that had me. You know, one of them uh, was over like in the middle of four Mavs, where he just kind of like goes in the middle and grabs the ball, and that's where you know we 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 have the portions of our fan base that are like, "See, we need a rebounder. We need a rebounder," and like I. I don't necessarily agree, but when you see like a possession like that, it's kind of hard to ignore. But then you're also missing your seven three starting center who That's true. Had, who had a good rebounding year last year. Uh, so. Do you think he helps though? I'm not sure he really helps in a game like this specifically. Oh, oh yeah, I think he, oh for sure he helps. You don't have you're you're not playing pal as much, and okay. you have someone to stretch the floor uh, because you know the pal Luca offense was just not on it tonight and i think some of that is pal and i think some of it needs to be uh, we can bring this up later i'm gonna write about it let's actually go to that because i I think that's really the next big thing because when we get away from the fourth quarter we look at why are the mavericks even in that hole because they didn't look good for a huge chunk of the game yeah uh and you talk about kind of how nothing you know it was like a really sluggish game and i mean 
your best player sets the tone, right? And when your best player starts the game 0 for 6, and I'm not trying to like do- you know say Luca's like dog shit or anything. I'm just saying when your best player starts the game that poorly, you're gonna as a team you're not gonna look good. You know, like that's not a that's not unique to Luca. If LeBron James starts a game 0 for 6, the Lakers are gonna look like crap. If the Mavericks from 2004 and Dirk is 0 for 6. I'm I bet you the Mavericks are having a very poor first quarter. The 04 Mavericks, like that's just kind of how it goes. You, you know, you're the NBA is a star driven league. You're you you go by the pace of how your stars go, except for some rare occasions. Like uh, remember that game last season in Denver where Luca just did not have it, and yes. just about every other guy stepped up. And those are great, but you just can't, ex- you know, those are rare and fleeting. You can't really expect those on any given night. So when Luca starts the game 0 for 6 and just, and not just 0 for 6, but just bad, you know, just bad misses, uh, bad misses near the rim, uh, really slow, sluggish movements, you know, complaining to refs, not getting back on defense like that, that trickle <laughs> that trickles down um to like the rest of the team in some degree like you, you can't just you can't avoid that you know so if luke is going to start a game that poorly it's it's not shocking to me that the mavericks were down you know seven points or whatever whatever they were down in in the first half going in the locker room um and i think you know what i want to bring up about the pal in effectiveness is obviously his biggest offensive uh contribution to the Mavericks this is vertical spacing and rim rolling and yeah he does not look as quick on those rolls to the rim and it was pretty clear that Phoenix did not want him to get loose and they really packed the paint on those pal rim runs but man when Luca's not turning the corner and turning the corner and hitting those uh screens hard like he did in the bubble and like he did last season and like he did his you know for most of his rookie year like it makes it way easier to guard Pal because if the if Luca is not as forceful with the ball in his hands and is not getting aggressively into the paint uh, with some urgency, I mean that makes Pal way easier. To, like you know, it just makes it easier for the the two defenders in the pick and roll to kind of suffocate Pal a little bit more because Luca's not putting pressure on them to to guard him very tightly. You know, so yeah. I think it's a two I think it's a two way street. Like I know Pal is going to get dogpiled, and you know. Rightly so, to the degree, you know, he just did not have a quality game overall. But I, I think that's also part of it. And if if Luca can't run the pick and roll as well, you know, as hard as he did uh, in this first quarter, you know, that's just going to make Powell look even worse. And if Powell is still not the Powell we knew before he got hurt, it's it's like a double whammy, you know? Like, there's just no, there's no chance for that play to be successful if you've got Powell not right completely right yet and you have Luca maybe not firing on all cylinders yeah yeah and I mean the the fact of the matter is when you kind of go player by player everyone was a mess with the exception of Kali Stein uh you know uh, Richardson was okay he also missed uh, he also just did some funky things to start the game offensively and never really found any sort of rhythm um I don't know. They're... I thought I liked Finney Smith's game despite the offense. Uh, I think his yeah. I think his engagement was there from start to finish, even though he could not buy a, a basket. And the one for six from three was really was really hurtful because you know that's a big like he, and a lot of them were corner shots. So like he's got to hit like if he's not hitting those, it kind of torpedoes the Mavericks' offense uh, with the way they like to get corner threes with Luca. Yeah. 
one of the things we talked about a ton last season was how he was kind of playing a step up position wise, at least in terms of like who he was having to guard. And yeah. I think tonight was a pretty good indicator of the sort of off ball chaos that he can cause. I mean, the man had yeah. two steals, he had eight rebounds, you know, he, he despite having a, a terrible offensive game, 11, eight and three. So it's like, how terrible was his offensive game? Really? I mean, there's, there's, there's some signs you're right about that. Like I, I, I do, I need to see Maxi with some guards who will pass him the ball in more in, in a little more flow based positions, because, you know, when you play with Brunson, you play with Burke, you're getting the ball as a matter of last resort, not because you're open. Um, and, yeah, and man. I, I just wouldn't want to see that a little more often. The, the first three quarters, the Brunson Burke lineups were a disaster. I mean, like, they've been a disaster, though, for, for kind of – I mean, the Wolves game wasn't great. Like, and granted, it's preseason, so what are you looking at? But it's just – I don't know. Two guards who don't like to pass a lot, there's the – it's what do you what do you expect? This is kind of – this is kind of what's there. It's it's when they're cooking, it's going to look incredible. But when they're, when they're not on, which was, you know, sort of, you know, at least it felt like it was the case for a good chunk of, of the game tonight, it's a little frustrating. Yeah, because they're not going to give it to you on the other end. So uh, they have to score, and they have to score effectively and efficiently. Yeah. And if they're not, I mean, what they combine they combine for four assists and four turnovers. So that kind of you know, it's a different Mavericks bench because we're so used to the Mavericks bench in the last what seven eight years being kind of like more free flowing maybe than the starters in terms of just the ball doesn't really stick too much. You know, when they had Berea and when they had Harris, uh, the ball really kind of moved and zipped around a lot. Uh, and especially, you know, when they had Brandon Wright coming off the bench and when Powell was a bench guy and you had the Powell Berea connection coming off the bench and there's just a lot of freedom and movement of the ball. And now you've got Burke and Brunson who I, you know, I still like, I still like Burke and I, I'm, I'm not totally off Brunson just yet, but those, that's just not how those guys necessarily play and Burke was so effective in the bubble but ever you guys have to remember Brunson was not in the bubble so when Burke was in the game he was kind of the lead guard except for the moments he would play with Luca so you know the bench the bench lineups were kind of Burke's to run uh which I wonder if the Mavericks need to take a I mean it's early so we'll see but they'll just need to keep an eye on it if these Burke Brunson lineups just don't look good if, if we're like a couple of weeks into the season and it's not turning around or a month or, or whatever, uh, they might need to think about maybe splitting those guys up a little bit just because, uh, you know, they got, they need those minutes. Uh, the Mavericks need to win those bench minutes. Cause they, that's just something they've usually been, been really good at. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think partially why I'm very frustrated is also I'm looking ahead to being frustrated uh, the Mavericks play the Lakers who are going to be really pissy on Christmas because they got, uh, Molly Wall. What's the phrase? They, they just got whipped by, by, by the, the Clippers on opening night. Uh, the final score is fairly close, but the Clippers really kind of took it to them. LeBron twisted his ankle and didn't, you know, he had a great stat line, but I don't think he was very pleased with this performance and, and it's a, you know, big time game and the Mavericks need to be ready early because the Lakers are the defending world champions and Mavericks haven't been on national TV for Christmas since the uh, ring ceremony game in 2011. And that was a terrible game too. I just, I don't <laughs> want to see the Mavericks. Yeah. I don't want to see the Mavericks start the year. Oh, two, you know, yeah, I would, I would not bet on LeBron James, uh, a LeBron James led team being lethargic 
for a second straight game when that second game is the Christmas primetime game. I just would yeah. not do not yeah. bet on that. <laughs> I mean, so. the nice thing is that I think the Mavericks match up reasonably well. Like Luca gets it up for for big games like this, which makes you know the the you know the performance against the Suns where he comes out looking just as lethargic as the Lakers a little bit frustrating. Um, I don't know the the. The Mavericks, according to, to to what's going on in the media stuff right now, because of you know some of the the COVID restrictions, the Mavericks won't actually be able to meet as a team before the Lakers game. Uh, they'll probably have to figure out some way to communicate electronically because there's too many people in one room um, with with you know the roster size plus the coaching staff. So you know they whatever they're whatever they're they're going to learn to to go into the Lakers game, they're going to need to be prepared for it. Well, Wait, is that true? They're not going to be able to do like any shoot arounds or no. like a. Walk-in? Uh, uh, Brad Townsend is talking about like team meetings based stuff is what I'm understanding. So I, okay. I I'm sure they'll probably be able to have like shoot around in a respect, but it's also like size of, of, I don't know. This is all very, um, this is all very odd. And it's, it's the sort yeah. of thing where you just, yeah. Oh yeah. Love this. Don, uh, Brad Townsend uh, just a second ago, Doncic takes blame, said he should have kept attacking the paint and should not have taken late, late step back three. Hmm. 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 Haven't heard this before. Ugh, wish I wouldn't have read this. Um. Well, you know, you and I could keep talking. We're going to talk again in a couple of days. I, I'm not as mad as I was. I'm still mad because it, it, you know, the the kind of people who say that oh, it's just one game. It's just one game. The Mavericks finished a game and a half out of the four seed last year, folks. Every game does matter. Okay. Anybody that <laughs> says otherwise doesn't actually know how numbers work the Mavericks lost too many close games they are not there yet where they can afford to coast they have just enough questions to where they have to take victories where they can get them and I'm really hoping that this isn't a 0-3 road trip to start the year because otherwise we're just gonna have to deal with narrative nonsense for the rest of the year you know yeah uh yeah I just they I I anticipate a much better effort, especially from a Rick Carlisle coach team. Um, just can't have – I think, you know, I, I said this, I kind of hammered it home, but just can't have Lucas starting the game like that. And, you know, I don't want to rag on him too much, but, you know, I I, I will ho- be hopeful that he will not have a an 0 for 6 start on Christmas night. So hopefully that, that is the tide that lifts all – or lifts all boats, uh, so to speak. Well, all right. We can keep talking, but we shouldn't. We shouldn't because it's a long season, and I don't want to. I don't want to get in the habit of doing extra long podcasts. Um, do you have anything else before you get out of here? Um, it really sucked that the two cams on Phoenix's bench went combined ten for eighteen and scored twenty six points, which I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they. De- I think they might have. Well, they. I don't think they did. They almost outscored the Mavericks bench just by themselves. But I think Brunson's late run uh, erased that. But that that kind of that's that, that sucked. It's always with these Suns, man. I, the Mavericks cannot beat the Phoenix Suns. They don't take them seriously, though. They don't take don't them know. seriously. This is a, I, I, the first game. Bizarre world. I was at Disney World for for Luca's opening game, and the Mavericks looked just like this three years ago. Um, I, I remember it clearly. It was like, oh man, they just don't look ready. Um, I don't know. All right. Well, this has been Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow. We'll be back in a couple of days for Christmas day, uh, or at least one of us will be for the Christmas day game. 
Um, you can uh, like, subscribe, you know, tell me to go to hell as uh, people seem to like to do in my mentions <laughs> these days. I suppose I deserve it. Um, but hey, we all love this stupid team, despite how mad they make us. So this has been Kirk and Josh with Mavs Moneyball After Dark. We will talk to you soon.